I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on the show, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And up next, well, a great history story, and all of our history stories are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College. In 1927, the iron lung was invented. This machine helped keep people alive who were stricken with polio, a disease which today is mostly eradicated. But in the late 1940s, disabled an average of more than 35,000 people a year. Here's our own Monty Montgomery with the story of this life-saving device. In the first half of the 20th century, there was nothing quite like polio. Here's Darren Glassberg of the Mobile Medical Museum with more on that. You know, polio was a, a really serious virus that affected mainly young children, children between the ages of five and nine. Through the mid-1950s, the peak year was 1952, when there were 58,000 reported cases. This is polio, the cruel centuries-old crippler of children. Enlarged 77,000 times, these are actual polio viruses. To the University of Michigan campus in 1955 came hundreds of scientists hoping to hear the words that would signal the end of polio's long and ruthless reign of terror. Fortunately, the the vaccine was developed in, in 1955. But before Jonas Salk discovered that vaccine, the only way to mitigate the effects of advanced polio was through a device known as the iron lung. It's used for when people develop paralytic polio, about five out of a thousand cases, and it paralyzes your diaphragm and you're unable to breathe independently. What it is, is it is a respirator that you are supposed to stay inside 
You're strapped down, you're lying on your back, you're immobile, your head is resting on this pillow. And when this is closed, they lock it up. So no air is circulating on the inside of this machine. And this electric motor is going to turn this bellows back and forth. It has a handle in case the motor breaks down, you can manually operate it. But what's that, what that's gonna do is um, create negative pressure on the inside of the machine. And this is actually how your lungs and your respiratory system are supposed to work. But since there's lower pressure on the inside of the machine than outside, that is going to actually force air through your trachea and into your lungs. And then when you're inside, you're, you stay inside basically 24-7 until you recover. And meanwhile, nurses are providing care for you through these portholes, washing you off, massaging your limbs, changing your bedpan. There's a wider hole on the other side. They were very costly. Like in the 1930s, this, one of these cost about $1,500 which was as much as a single family home. And uh, you know, this was before health insurance and so not everybody could afford one, but hospitals invested heavily in them and uh, they were, you know, very common during this era. It's not meant as a permanent treatment, but some people ended up using it for the rest of their lives because they never recovered. Like Frederick Snipe, who was subject to much media attention at the time due to the Iron Lung's quote-unquote new factor. Fred Snipes Jr., the man in the Iron Lung, sees his daughter for the first time. The little girl was born on September the 22nd, weighing eight pounds. Snipe has lived in an Iron Lung for four years. Being stricken with infantile paralysis in Peiping, he married his childhood sweetheart last year, and now he's the proud father of a bonny little girl. On magazine covers, they called him the man in the iron lung. And Frederick Snipe was one of those people who never recovered, and he spent the rest of his life in the iron lung until he died of heart and lung failure. It's very hard on your body to be, as you can imagine, motionless, stuck inside all that time. By 1959, there were still 1,200 people using the iron lung. By 2004, there were 39. And by 2014, only 10 people were still using the iron lung on a daily basis. Today, there's about three. Often we get people that come in here, older people who remember growing up and seeing somebody uh, who had one of these in their home, you know, uh, somebody being treated in their home in an iron lung. You know, these are not made or manufactured anymore or, or serviced anymore. And so if you do get an advanced case of polio, you are more likely to be given a portable respirator that allows you freedom of movement, better access to your caregiver. But these individuals felt that they were getting better results with the iron lung. And so they, they were fortunate to have people in their family who could jerry-rig it and keep it running for them, and, uh, and that's what they used on a daily basis. Though close to becoming only a museum piece, iron lungs are a reminder of a dark time in our past, but they're also proof of how far we've come in less than a century. For Our American Stories, I'm Monty Montgomery. And great job, as always, to Monty, who himself is a Hillsdale grad. And a special thanks to Darren Glassbrook of the Mobile Medical Museum. What a piece of history this is, medical history. And all of our history stories are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, where you can go to learn all the things that are good in life and all the things that are beautiful in life. You can't get to Hillsdale. Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu. Since 1988, polio cases worldwide have gone down 99%. And the number of cases in 2017 was a mere 22. Again, compare that to 35,000 a year being paralyzed or disabled just in this country. The story of the iron lung here on Our American Story.
Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue with Our American Stories. And as you know, we love telling immigrant stories. And today's story is about a man who would pave the way for Indian immigrants in the American hotel industry. Here's our own Joey Cortez with the story. H.P. Rama was raised in India and moved to America to earn an MBA, hoping to pursue his American dream as an accountant. But with the fortunate stroke of serendipity, and hard work, HP would become a force of the American hotel industry. I call myself accidental hotelier. I worked as a staff accountant in New York, but as a part of my summer job, I worked as a dishwasher in Chuck Fuller Nuts coffee shop in Manhattan. I just walked into the restaurant and asked the manager to see if they have a job offer. And the guy said, yeah, can you work right now? I said, yes. He hired me on the spot, and he said, now you're going to clean the dishes. So he put me on a dish washing machine that I never seen in my life before, coming from small village in India. And I worked four hours, but during those four hours, I was debating in my head, is this what I'm supposed to do while I'm pursuing MBA. Being a vegetarian, I see bones and meat going through the dishwashing machine. Being purely vegetarian, I was not able to accept it. So after four hours, after mental debate, I just said, I, this is not for me. So I took the apron out. I went to manager. I said, you know, this is not for me. And the guy pulled out from his pocket $8 and gave it to me for four hours work, $2 per hour. And I was so proud walking on a street of Manhattan, taking that $8 in my hand. Coming from India, we were only given $8 as a foreign exchange to come to America. And here in four hours, I got $8. I was just elevated. HP found another gig at a Howard Johnson, a motel with a restaurant. He worked his way up to become a waiter, which was challenging, but he wasn't deterred. Learning the menu, items in my life I never seen, but eggs and chicken. I had no idea about any other things look like. So I used to take order from customer good memory and I will repeat that order to the chef and chef will prepare the dish but I will not know how to identify what I order versus what it looks like and then I'll ask chef I said where is my order he said this is your order and that's how I learned how to become a waiter actually no training in those days you just figure out yourself I was there not to make money, but to learn. And learn American way of life, American way of culture, improve my communication skills, and understand people's habits. So it worked out very good. I worked there for whole summer, save money. After I finished my MBA, I went to same manager, same place. And I asked this manager, I said, I am finished my MBA now, I want part-time job. So he said, okay, can you work full-time for one week because I need to give the one guy vacation? I said, fine. And then he gave me part-time job. I used to hunt for the job in 
Monday to Friday and Saturday Sunday I used to go for work. I used to live in Hoboken, New Jersey, worked in Manhattan. And that's how I was introduced to hospitality industry. And that's how I call myself accidental hotelier. The highlight of this first job as a waiter that short 13 years later I bought four Howard Johnson hotels with restaurants. Of course, after that MBA worked for as accountant in Brooklyn. And from there, I left the job and bought my first motel in 1973 in Pomona, California, a 40-room independent property. When I put the offer to buy, I only had $8,000. I committed $30,000 cash down payment and the rest of the mortgage was carried by the seller. I was only 25 and owner looked at me and wondered how this guy is going to run a motel. So I asked him, I said, I don't know anything about motel business. I don't know how to make a bed. I don't know how to change the vacuum cleaner bags or sweep, clean swimming pool. So I asked him, I said, can you stay 15 days and teach me how to do some basic stuff? He stayed. I learned something from him. Later on, my brother came, joined me. Later on, his wife came, joined me. And this is how I started on the job learning hotel business. This is in 1973. And then I moved on to East Coast, looking for property in Arizona, Texas, and wind up buying a property in Buffalo, Tennessee, my second motel. In middle of nowhere, highway location, two restaurants, two gas stations, and two motels, 60 miles west of Nashville, Tennessee. Coming from New York, Metro Los Angeles, this was like location in Boonies. As MBA, I had a strategic thinking. I wanted to have bigger hotel, nicer hotel, less down payment, more return on investment. And then I bought second, third property in Tennessee, about a closed-down hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. And then I bought property in Greenville, South Carolina in 1977. By that time, I had another brother join me. So we were three brothers trying to run the, I call owner-operator motel. So this gives you a little idea about the journey over the years and the hotel space. It has very rewarding. We enjoy every bit of it. It's part of our DNA. Coming from India with no education in hotel industry, with no experience of hotel industry, we were able to succeed simply because in Indian culture, guest is a revered as a divine element and we welcome anybody unknown as a guest to our house. And our culture help us shape to service orientation, which very much needed in the successful running of motels. At the end of the day, after so many years, we had more than 105 hotels that we as a company, brothers, family unit of five brothers, including me. Over the years, we bought 105 hotels. That included existing hotels, closed down hotels, and also built from ground up. And this is only can happen in America. And my goodness, what a story H.P. Rama just told us. I mean, starting with nothing. Grateful, by the way, to have 
If you remember, $8, $8 to him was just unbelievable, unbelievable. And it was all he had when he came here. And he made it just washing some dishes. And he went from washing dishes to waiting tables, getting his MBA, and within no time at all, it seemed probably to him, owning 105 hotels. When we come back, more of H.P. Rama's story here on Our American Story. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. 
Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of H.P. Rama, an Indian immigrant who came to the United States to become an accountant. While earning his MBA, H.P. worked as a dishwasher and a waiter at a motel and restaurant. Shortly after, at the age of 25, he took a major risk and with no experience running hotels, decided to buy one of his own. He would go on to become a huge success buying hotels all across the country. But his success did not come overnight, and there would be many challenges ahead. Let's get back to H.P. with his story. I'm 1980. I bought a property in Greenville, South Carolina, through a broker. My offer was accepted by the seller. And then when we met each other in person in their attorney's office, they found out that I was Indian. And then seller changed his mind, told the broker that I don't want to sell to my property to Indian. Seller attorney calls me. He said that uh, you have contract. What is your position on this? I said, I will not buy a property from a seller who is not willing to sell me. Because he's going to carry the mortgage. We are going to have a continuous relationship. And I don't want him to sell me if he doesn't feel comfortable to sell me. So, broker got commission paid. I didn't buy the property. Seller didn't sell me. But short two years later, same seller calls the attorney. Attorney calls me. He said, Mr. Rama, you want to buy that property that you were looking to buy? I said, yes. I bought that property at one third of the price that I offered two years before. So sometime we understand that there is a discrimination, but who says discrimination doesn't pay for it? In my case, they did. The guy, guy got less money than what I offered him two years earlier. My approach to that event was that people do business with people they feel comfortable and trust. Of course, I was hurt. My self-esteem was hurt. But I understood the psychology that people, you cannot force people to like you. You have to earn their trust and comfort before they like you. And I took that and move on. What lesson in this is that you should have self-confidence without arrogance. If I was arrogant, the guy will not call me back to buy that. Since I was not arrogant, he accepted the fact and we both were happy. We bought the property. And he was happy, we were happy, continued the relationship. So this is how the things are. When people know each other and their intentions and understand them, basically human beings, it's not that they want to do things bad, it's just that they are not knowing enough about you. Uh, And therefore, that's how they behave. And this is... uh, Lessons that I learned long time ago. Lessons that HP wanted to pass on to help other Indian Americans in the hotel industry who were also facing discrimination that threatened their American dreams. In 1988, traveling on Interstate 75, I saw Interstate sign which says, American owned and operated I go into Hot Spring, Arkansas, and I see yellow pages, which says American owned and operated. I see on 85, Motel Marquis says American owned and operated. And it sent me a signal 
saying why people are putting this sign so i checked into it and found out that those owners were americans and wanted to create differentiation of their operation from indian owned property on a same competing area it didn't matter to those business owners that hp rama and other indian immigrants were american too so i felt like threatened that if american traveling public start believing in this we will be out of business so we need to do something about it at that time i was franchisee of days in where mike levon was the president so i met him for our franchise related work and then he simply asked me is there anything else i can do for you so i said this thing i'm seeing it and it is bothering me if people start believing in this a lender will not loan us mike levon understood what i was talking so he immediately looked into it in his own organization how days in officers his staff is thinking about indian franchise owners so mike surprisingly recruited lee, lee dushaf he asked lee he said lee can you find out what is my organization is looking at indian franchise ownership lee knew how the psychology works so he said call your key executive from different departments and have a meeting mike said okay we call him and lee asked few questions he said can you write down what do you think about asian indian hoteliers as a operator as a credit worthiness as a person who believes in days in standards or meet the standards how they paying the franchise fee then what lee did verify all the perception of people versus what the reality check that he did was a big gap and that was waking call for mike he said this is what is happening in my organization the people think about this versus what the actual reality is that they were better operator they were paying on time and they were growing and all that happened uh, and but the, his people didn't think that way this prompted mike to do something about it then he called me and we gathered together about 13 14 of us he said we would like to help remove this bias stereotype that exist one thing leads to another we wind up having a first informal gathering 250 or 300 people showed up in atlanta we started saying okay let's now create a formal organization call a hoa which stands for the asian american hotel owners association and i was unanimously elected as a first chairman founding chairman of hoa our mission was to secure proper position in lodging industry to remove the bias to remove the stereotype and most importantly to make indian hoteliers more professional hoteliers through education learning from each other creating a network good practices as a hotelier and we had to educate the brands we had to educate the lenders to make them feel comfortable all of that helped in shortest time remove the bias and prejudice we had at that time when we come back more of this remarkable american story hp rama's story here on our american story The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we return to the story of H.P. Rama, the man who would help Indian immigrants assimilate into the American hotel industry. H.P. faced quite a bit of discrimination during the early stages of his career and started the organization called AHOA, the Asian American Hotel Owners Association, to help other Indian immigrants pursue their American dreams. Here's H.P. honoring the man who was instrumental in helping that trade organization accomplish its mission. Uh, by the way, Mike Levin, I helped 
create a scholarship under him called Compassionate Leadership at Kennesaw State University. That was about two years ago. So to memorialize his contribution to HOA, so it's called HOA Scholarship of Compassionate Leadership. So he, he represents that as a person. He told me one day a story that HP, when I was growing up, a marquee going to the Florida, we will see Jews and dogs not allowed. So when I told him that this is what I'm seeing it, he immediately knew, but he never told me it. He never told. He never told that I'm doing because of this. He knew that this is the time to rise to the occasion uh, and do help the community that I needed when I was growing up. And at that time, he probably didn't have that, which he was ready to provide us a help, a hold the hand, lead from the front. He was the first major brand president to hold the hand of Ahova. The legacy is that how a minority community, the I call immigrant, newly arrived immigrant, are embraced through Mike's vision and help create Ahova, which has a long-lasting effect. We were creating a platform through which the mainstream hoteliers can embrace the diversity. Uh, the minority who arrived here with no money, no hotel experience, and can make it. So it's a truly American success story. It's just the platform through which they are made their American dream more easier because they can learn from each other through network, through removing the bias so that people feel comfortable to do business with Indian hoteliers whether they are lender, vendors, or brands. So his, his legacy is that everybody wins in this. Even the people who were skeptical in those times did not understand what we were, our mission was. They think that this is another NAACP in a different form. And I said, no, this is not our approach. I made sure that that was not approached because you cannot force people to do things and last long time. There was no force through Ahova. Of course, we vented our experience and tried to make people understand and accept our weakness that, hey, we are not a hotelier. We didn't bring these hotels that you think is not run right from India. This hotel were owned, built by people of this country. We just happen to be now current owner and we are trying to make a living. <laughs> so, so that kind of education uh, needed because, because you are now one day, American owned is nice and same hotel, next day is no good. That doesn't make sense. Uh, in fact, if anything else, the people who sold property to Indian owners were tired of running those property anyway because of less business than what they had. It's, uh, they were retirement age. Uh, the, the market has moved away from that location. So many reasons they were... Uh, Indian can only buy those because that's all they, they can afford to buy. Uh, fortunately, time was in their side after some point. You know, there's just... More than 99% success ratio among Indian hoteliers, uh, maybe 95 if not 99. Why? Because they work hard. Uh, they, they have basic tenets of hospitality. And this is got highlighted into Ahova and its making uh, through formalization of those characters, those value systems that we came from, uh, our culture, our background. So all that I call multiple forces work together to propel in shortest time 
the success of Ahoa. And now, HP has brought that success overseas, impacting the lives of many in need of more opportunity. In 1982, I thought about building a hotel in India. After learning this business in this country, we built a five-star hotel, opened in 90, so it's 30 years now. That property is now is Marriott Full Service. And we built another one, courtyard within the university campus. And then I felt like we need a hotel school to feed the in uh, the management cater and prepare and provide platform for students to work and take work life experience in real time. And one thing leads to another, uh, I wind up creating a university full fledged. So that university is in existence since last 10 years. You can go on a website called Auro University, AURO University. And its mission is to create the student for life, not for the career only. Uh, student with qualities, so value-based education. It's based on four tracks of education, mental education, physical education, vital, which is called emotional education, and spiritual education, our inner being education. So we have four tracks of education. Uh, it's a bold new idea at the higher education level. And we have activity, workshop, we have special courses under that. And we see the change. My mission there is to transform the student from where they are to something better through integral approach of learning. And we are made out of four beings within us. We are mental being, we are physical being, we are vital, emotional being, and we are inner being, which we call soul. So each one needs education. Current education system only gives mental education, logic, based on logic and reason. Our approach is to break through that, but also add to it what other faculty we need to develop within us especially for student at that age, they can compress their uh, weaknesses, overcome their weaknesses through a concentrated effort and practice of developing qualities that will help them rest of their life. The subject matter you forget after you learn in the class and a pass exam, you forget immediately. But these are the lessons, these are the qualities if you develop, it will last you for the rest of your life and make your life more happier, enlightened and enjoyable. HP's life is a common American story, harnessing the fruits of his American dream to make way for others to pursue their dreams as well. Today we have more than 25,000 hotels owned by property, motels, hotels, owned by people from India. And you won't believe, but of that, more than 20,000 hotels, motels, owned by one state called Gujarat, where I am from. So this gives you a little perspective that one section of India owning billions of dollars worth of net worth and property in this country. Why? Because they help each other. They work hard. And they keep growing. There is a big thrust of growth. And second generation are going to Cornell and, you know, it's a, it's a progressive opportunity that this country offers that nowhere else you can have. That's why it is, we call it land of opportunity. And a great job, as always, to Alex and to Joey Cortez on the piece. A beautiful story, H.P. Rama's story, his American dreamer story, here on Our American Story.
Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.